0: and we are live. Welcome to Hack and Grow Rich. My name is Bart Baggett. I am the co-host of this ride, and with me is Shaheen Cheyenne, my buddy, my pal, my internet marketing guru. Today is one of my favorite topics of all time. It's persuasion. It's marketing. It's sales. If you've ever tried to convince anything of anybody of anything, you need to listen to this. Why do they need to listen to this, Shaheen?
1: Well, today we are going to take a peek behind the curtain of Amazon reviews, social proof, and reciprocity. Why don't you tell us a little bit
0: about your background with that, Bart? Well, I've been doing, you know, sales training. I was 15 years old. And I went to a Tom Hopkins seminar and I told my dad, I said, this guy does this for a living. You can sit in front of a thousand people and talk. This is awesome. He goes, shut up and listen, because you're going to learn how to sell multi-level marketing later. And I said, I don't want to sell multi-level marketing. But every time I went to these meetings with my dad, who's a great salesman, very much 70s-ish salesman, still great today, I saw people tell stories. I saw testimonials. I was see testimony and I said, I don't get this. Why does, why do I have to sit through an hour and hour of testimonials? And what I then started to realize is that testimonials are really today's reviews. And that version of social proof is what Robert Cialdini called it, was one of the critical elements, especially in old school sales, but it is translated perfectly 25 years later into what we call social proof or reviews. Now, Robert Cialdini wrote the book on it. He defined it and codified it, but I promise you, in 1956, they were using the idea of social proof to get you to buy Tupperware. So I'm not old enough to know what a Tupperware party is. Shaheen, did you ever know what a Tupperware party was when you were a kid? Well, I heard about it because I was a big fan of Happy
1: Days and all those 1950s films showing the idyllic White picket fence, and you know, the, the perfect lifestyle where the dad would come and sit you down and say, Son, we got to have a talk, that kind of lifestyle. So, I, I loved watching that stuff because you know, I, I came from Iran and we didn't have any of that kind of thing. So, well, it was it, like
0: it, it was basically like instead of selling it through Safeway or Tom Thumb or some supermarket, this company called Tupperware said, You know what? Let's get all these housewives in the 50s, which you know, you're not really allowed to work they got together and they threw tupperware parties they do the same thing for x-rated toys now because they're not something you can talk about it and it gives women social something to do not now time about the 50s but it was literally one of the most powerful sales tools because your friend is selling you something and your friend is saying she loves it now obviously none of us care about plastic tubs right now on this show but the process of someone you trust telling you to go to your favorite doctor, your favorite your favorite medicine, your favorite movie. That is the critical piece that we have now translated online.
1: Yeah, that is true. You know, one of the, the most important things that I teach people when they contact us, you know, I have an Amazon course. We've talked about this before, and I know that you have several courses that you run coaching people how to become successful and stay successful which is awesome. And we can talk about that later on. So hang on, you guys. Bart will give links and talk a little bit more about what he does in a moment. He's one of the best in the business, I should say. But one of the things that we teach people, one of the most essential things is that nobody fucking believes you, dude. Nobody (laughs) fucking believes anything that comes out of your mouth. You. Why? We're tired of being lied to. We're tired of the, you know, dinkly, dinkly soda corporation telling us kumbaya, this is going to be the greatest thing when they're selling fucking sugar water that's giving us diabetes and causing our kids to have their teeth rot out their teeth, their tooths, their teeth, <laughs> <laughs> their teeth. I don't know. So people stopped believing in that some time ago, as as we often talk about one of my personal heroes, Seth Godin the great marketing expert who's written a lot of books, including Purple Cow. And he talks about how we used to have disruption marketing where they would come and, you know, bang on the, your door no matter what you're doing, watching the Super Bowl and being like, hey, dude, buy a fucking blah, blah, blah drink. And you'd be like, dude, I don't want that drink. I'm just I'm just chilling. Okay, two seconds later, hey, 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 what? You know, you're like, I just want to watch the game. I just want to watch the game. I just want to watch the game. But that's how it worked for years. And people believed in these things. But then they were pressured and we were lied to and there were recalls and all kinds of things happened. So people stopped believing in the corporations, which led to the rise of the entrepreneur community, the hustle community that we see now, the people who are starting these small companies on Amazon and getting them out there to sell. But even with those guys, nobody fucking believes you. Nobody believes a word that you say that comes out of your mouth. Why? Because you have a vested interest in your own success. Who do they believe? They believe me. They believe Bart. Why? Because we have no vested interest if we are posting a review on something, allegedly. And we're going to go into talking about this Into how reviews work, how people get reviews, how reviews started, which are now called ratings on Amazon, and how these things work. And some of the hacks that people use. Now, again, we don't espouse anything. We're going to tell you everything. Black hat, white hat, gray hat tactics, of course. White hat being things that are within the terms of service of these different companies. Gray hat being, uh, you know, maybe you can do it, but... You probably shouldn't because it's not clearly defined. And Black Hat is just throwing caution to the wind. And I will let you know, I know Fortune 50 companies, Fortune 500 companies that do exclusively Black Hat stuff to get reviews. So the difficulty comes, first off, Bart, when you're competing in a marketplace and that marketplace is no longer fair. When you want to sell your dingle, dingle, dongle, whatever it is, and you're going to be truthful. And then you realize that, first off, nobody fucking believes you. Secondly, people believe the reviews on other products. Third off, the other companies are cheating on those fucking reviews. And fourth off, that it's nearly impossible to get a good review rate. Amazon says the average review rate, and they base this on their algorithm, is 5%. So 5% of people who buy the products will leave an honest review. I'm here to tell you, being one of the first sellers on Amazon starting in 2009, 2010, whenever Bezos opened it up to us to as third-party Amazon FBA sellers to be able to sell whatever we want to on the platform, that it's less than 1%. We think it's half a percent. Why? Because you just want to buy that fucking dongle. You want to buy that mouse. You want to buy that matcha tea. You want to buy that great thing, which, by the way, brings me to my point. Today's show brought to us by Guava DNA. Unbelievable tea. It is one of the most delicious products out there. And why Guava is interesting is because as Michael Bruce, the sleep doctor recommends it, who's a friend of ours and a friend of the show. And we're going to have Dr. Bruce, uh, America's sleep doctor, author of uh, several best-selling books, is that guava tea, some people believe, has the ability to regulate blood sugar. We don't know why, but guava leaf may have that ability. Now, again, I am a chimpanzee please don't believe me. I am not a scientist. <laughs> Nothing you see here in the show is intended to treat, cure, diagnose, or prevent any disease. And my relationship with these products, although I do have an ownership in the company and the brand, is is not relevant to the show. So the product is a sponsor of the show and we're talking about it. But this is something that's really impacted my life because A, I can drink this at night and I don't wake up in the middle of the night to pee, which is unbelievable from drinking this. Not only that, I get personally the best night's sleep of my, my life part because with guava dna tea my blood sugar doesn't spike in the middle of the night now i'm only talking about myself personally anybody else out there make sure you talk to your doctor seek medical advice before taking anything new but this is something that's been used for thousands of years in china thousands of years in africa uh, with fairly good efficacy and safety also great for digestion so it's a really great tea to drink at night before, you know, after a meal.
0: And it, What's and it the re- brand? Is it Ma- Maca brand tea? What's the actual brand so when I go it's to the Amazon? the same,
1: same company that makes Matcha DNA our award-winning matcha tea, our organic matcha tea. And this is organic guava leaf tea. And look for the brand guava DNA. Now, this is the leaf. It's not the fruit. And... You know, I I truthfully am letting you guys know that this is one of the life hacks that I do, one of the biohacks that I use to sleep better and wake up more energized. So if you're looking for better sleep, give Guava Leaf Tea a shot, and we recommend the Guava DNA brand. But of course, because we are Amazon experts, you will note that Guava DNA is the number one ranked tea on Amazon and the number one
0: reviewed with real fucking reviews. Before we move on, sponsor, let me just let's just use that product as an example. Yeah, that product is number one, and you obviously had to asterisk your claims. It might make you sleep better, right? Because you're making, you know, like, hey, this is why people are doing it. Is it okay for your customers to say? I slept better. Is it okay for your customers to say, hey, I didn't have to get to build a bill of 90 go pee, but can you as the company not have, be able to say that because the FDA is like, hey, we want to sell drugs. We don't sell nutritional stuff. Like, how does that work if you're selling stuff, but your customers are making claims? Where's the line? Is that a gray thing? White thing? Black hat thing?
1: Yeah, you can't make I, it doesn't matter if you use a customer to say like you know, you can't have your customer say this cures cancer. And then, you know, it's just it just doesn't work that way. You're allowed to make structure and function claims anytime you're selling a supplement or a tea. And what that means is that there are allotted claims that the FDA has said, okay, you're allowed to say this about this product. And in Amazon Mastery, we teach you hacks of how you don't have to hire an attorney, you don't have to do any of that stuff. And in 20 minutes or less, I can show you how to get through all the legalities of supplements and teas. I've been doing this since the early 1990s. If you guys first time listening to the show, I started uh, one of the biggest supplement companies in the 1990s. We created a billion dollars in revenue. And I write about that in my book, billion. If you guys want to check that out, check out billion, how I became king of the thrill pill cult. It's a podcast and the book will be released in August. But you know, with guava tea, for example, we can make certain structure and function claims. So for example, we can say supports healthy blood sugar. That's all we're saying. We're saying it supports. So if you have healthy blood sugar, this will support you continuing to have that healthy blood sugar, for example. Now, if that is the structure and function claim that's permitted, that means that there's some research behind it and that's what we're allowed to say. And that's it. I can't have somebody else come on and say, hey, this'll cure cancer, this'll cure diabetes, this'll do this even if it's their opinion, we cannot say that. And specifically if it's an incentivized review, and we'll talk, we'll start talking about reviews and how reviews work and how companies are getting reviews and the tactics that they're using, which I think a lot of you guys are interested in. We are live on Facebook. So any of our friends on Facebook that are checking this out, Bart, also if you wanna share it, I'll tag you on there. Um, uh, And there we go, I just tagged you on there. Um, So if you wanted to share it on yours, that'd be cool too. Um, For any of our friends that are on there, um, and you guys have questions about how reviews work, you're wondering about reviews, we can talk about those. You know, let's, should we start from the beginning of reviews? We are live on Facebook, so any of our friends on Facebook. Bart, oops. (laughs) Is that me or you? I think that's you. (laughs) I just
0: really got confused when I turned on the Facebook because we must be seven seconds behind. I'm like, I just swear you said that. To answer your question, I do. Let's start. Let's start from the beginning and I'll mute you for
1: just a moment while you get that figured out. So, all right, guys. So from the beginning, it all started with the Big Bang. Then there were the dinosaurs. I'm just kidding. So the way reviews started was Amazon started and realized that social proof is going to be a key factor. Reviews were picking up. And again, trust had been eroded in the corporations. Nobody fucking believed them. And the economy with Yelp, with TripAdvisor, with Expedia reviews, with all these different social platforms that were also conducting commerce were based largely on reviews and on the system of, hey, I want my peers to tell me what they think of this, or I want other consumers who bought it to tell me what they think as the most important component of it. Um, And Bart, you can unmute whenever you want to, I'm just, uh, I'm asking. So what happened was Amazon decided to have reviews. Now, of course, this was the Wild West. Previous to this, People hadn't really been gaming it. And then Bezos opens it up to third-party sellers. And we realize that the number one motivator for selling on the Amazon platform is reviews. It's the thing that moves the needle the most. So what did sellers do? They got competitive and they started buying fake reviews. Now, we never did this Early on in the day, my companies never did this because I just didn't go with the ethos of what we did. Maybe regrettably to some of my associates, but people would just contact India, Bangladesh, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, and there were these farms, mainly in Bangladesh. I don't know why that country kind of became the, the hub of this. And these guys had thousands of accounts. The Russians and the Ukrainians built bot farms. These farms went in utilizing fake credit card numbers and they would create Amazon accounts by the thousands, maybe by the hundreds of thousands. So the bot would go in, it would use a fresh IP, it would open up a window, it would open up a, you know, start a new Amazon account, it would start an Amazon account, maybe they would use a .edu email, so they got free Prime. Prime used to be free if you had an educational email. I don't know if they still do that, but it would be like RussianUniversity.edu, you know, Ukraine, Kiev, Phoenix University dot and they would just you know open up hundreds of thousands of accounts. Now this bot is going in. Then what they learned is that for ranking, and we'll do a whole nother show on ranking, which is one of the most important things that you guys need to know outside of reviews is ranking where you show up on the page on Amazon. But what they would do is the bot would go in, it would put a fake credit card number or whatever credit card numbers they had access to, or what they call test credit card numbers. And there's lots of websites that give those. And they realized that Amazon's system had a delay. Okay, So this delay means that their processing wasn't instantaneous. And by the way, to this day, it is not instantaneous. So what does that mean? What that means is that Amazon and, and we're really lifting the curtain. I don't know any other Amazon experts who talk about this live. Maybe there are some but I don't know anybody who goes into the detail. So this is really a peek behind the curtain of how this stuff works. So what am what what they would do is they 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 were very good the Russians the Ukrainians incredibly good at this coding, you know, people in uh, Korea, China incredible because they've got the hours, the manpower, time is cheap. And they're, they're very tactical with how they build these systems. So the bot would go in, it would use a fresh IP, it would use a fake credit card, it would start an account, then it would scroll, 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 it would add the product to the shopping cart. We learned that just adding the product to the shopping cart increased the amount of juice, Amazon would give it in ranking. Then they would add it to a wish list or a gift list. Again, that was a way to get higher ranking because Amazon said, hey, if a million people are adding this to a wish list or a gift list, that means there's a big buzz. So it would do that. Then it would go in and buy it. Now, how would they buy it with this credit card number? Well, you're saying, well, how would that work? Well, the credit card number would get canceled. It would get voided, but there would be a two-minute delay between the processing of the credit card and the rejection of the the credit card number. And Amazon wouldn't just cancel the order, it would count it as a sale, meaning that they could then leave a review for the product almost instantly. And guess what? The bot had scripted reviews ready to go. So this bot is going in with a fresh IP, with a fake credit card, and is buying this product. Now, in a minute or 30 seconds, a notice goes out to that email, hey, John, uh, I'm sorry, You know uh, your credit card's been declined. You've got 24 hours to give us a new card, or we will cancel the order. In the meanwhile, that order is there in their ecosystem and counting towards the algorithm. And they placed millions of orders. Amazon, by the way, just cut several Chinese manufacturers for this similar kind of practice. The Chinese got really fucking good at doing this kind of stuff. Some of the best black hatters in the world now are Chinese companies because they just don't give a fuck. In China, it's seen as uh, not only socially acceptable as a business practice part, in China, it's actually seen as like a good thing if you're going against any other government or any other system that's not their system or their government.
0: But it's kind of into so- like intellectual property in China. You know, it's your intellectual property. They want to copy it. It's not even a social immoral thing. It's not even. They don't even look down on that. But let me summarize that in case you just joined us on Facebook Live. Uh, Shaheen is talking about. Let's say that I'm selling candles legitimately in America, but I can't seem to rank against these 17 Chinese companies which are selling candles. Part of the reason, Shaheen, is they've got robots sending reviews, placing fake orders, all millions at a time, bumping up the juice. And so Amazon, in all its wisdom, is still confused on which is the better product and which is real. Is that kind of what you're saying? Is, is their black hatting us out of business? well no so what, what i'm what i'm trying to say is
1: that amazon well so what happened is amazon got smart to that to those tactics and they cut it at pretty soon it, it it was about a year run that they could do those kinds of things and imagine there were companies that got 50,000 100,000 reviews cuz you set the buy you go to sleep you wake up and you've got 100,000 orders for your product now for those of you guys who don't know the amazon ecosystem and how the algorithm works. I'll explain to you this way. The most important thing is being visible. So in order to be visible, what we call ranking, you show up on to show up on that first page. When you search for, I don't know, uh, pie cutters, and you go on to that first page of Amazon, when you click through, there's about 10 or 20 items there on that page. That is golden real estate. There might be 2,000 products. There might be 20,000 products. But whoever is on that first page has it. Whoever's got the number one listing, that's gold. So Amazon discovered, hey, I know how we're going to get up there. It's going to be catch 21. Catch 21? Catch 22? English, not so good. Um, So whichever, whichever catch it is. And what they did was they designed their algorithm so that the more sales you have, the higher you rank. So if you want to be there in that top 10 of Amazon, what you need to do is to generate sales. Because if a product has a lot of sales, that means a lot of people are buying it. That means that Amazon wants to have that low-hanging fruit on top because it's the best user experience. And a product that doesn't have very many sales, they can push to the back because whoever wants to buy that specific brand will look for it and find it under that brand's keywords. Now, the way they do that is by sales. So the way these companies hacked it was by doing using these bots. Now, what else these bots did? They went in after the sale during that period before the order was canceled, and they left reviews. Hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of reviews completely fucked their system. And they were furious. Now, it's interesting because the ethos of Bezos is really somebody who is a hacker. Bezos is no stranger to this, which You know, it goes to his credit that he really is an outside of the box thinker. So, when Amazon started in the earlier days, Jeff Bezos realized that he needs to start carrying all the big titles. Well, he wanted to carry the Harry Potter book, whatever, whichever one it was, the second or third one. And the publisher wasn't allowing them to have it. They were just like, no, we're only selling through bookstores and we're not selling to you. Sorry. So he realized that they were selling it at Target. They were selling it at all these other stores, Barnes and Nobles. And he just sent people out, literally sent people out to buy every copy they could get their hands on. Why? At Custom- retail. Yeah, at retail, customer acquisition. So he would send people to go buy every copy at every store, thousands and thousands of copies. And then he would resell it at retail, taking a 4 or $5 hit on each. But guess what? You now, motherfucker, are buying diapers from Jeff Bezos because he got you in with that book. And not only that, he made money on you on day one. That's how smart this guy is because he knows that every customer that he gets brings the valuation of his company up, brings the stock value up. So if he got 10,000 copies of that Harry Potter book, yeah, okay. So they cost him $5 a piece at a loss. So meaning he loses $5 a copy, right? Not including the time it took the people to go out and get it or whatever, but let's say he managed to get his hands on 10,000 copies. Now Amazon is selling them and he gets 10,000 new customers. Those 10,000 new customers have an LTV, lifetime value of figure out how much you spend on Amazon every year and multiply that by your lifetime. And, I think I read you know, it was
0: four to five hundred dollars a an American. Is that, is that just me because I'm a Prime member, or is that on average? Like it's it's definitely hundreds of dollars per customer.
1: It's it's high. It's high. Yeah. I mean, I spend thousands, but you know, it's it's high. If you think about, especially during COVID, where we're all getting everything from there, I think I, those numbers have changed. But now Wall Street looks at him and goes, "Oh, wait a second. You've got ten thousand more customers. They're buying regularly from you." And each one of them is worth this much. We're going to give you cheap money. And he got cheap money, millions, billions of dollars from Wall Street, money that we don't have access to, and used it to dominate all kinds of markets. He used that money to dominate all these products that he's selling to develop AWS, to develop all those echo products, to just be a dominant force in this market. So when you look at a guy like that, people are like, "Oh my god, it's so stupid he's taking a loss on those." No, he was never taking a loss. It's the it's the amateur mind that looks at that and goes, "Oh, yeah, that company hasn't made money in a long time." Doesn't freaking matter. That company was printing money near pretty much from day one, when you see those pictures of him sitting in that office where the desks are on bricks or whatever, he was already a billionaire. He was already a billionaire driving uh, driving a Honda. Let
0: me Brett address Col- that just for a second because last week we talked about billionaires, the list of billionaires, what he's be a billionaire. And one of my very first experiences with very wealthy people was in college at Pepperdine. And um, I went out to the Mirage and met with Bobby Baldwin, the president, and Steve Wynn at 19, 18 years old, right? I was really young. And because I just, a friend of mine in class was, was a friend of, of that. And it was a million dollars a day. And what I realized was the Mirage casino was the first big casino in Las Vegas. And the only reason someone could risk $700 million in a casino was cheap Michael Milken money. Junk bonds. So I know this goes back to the 80s before most of us listening, but what that means is if you can get money for free, you can take wild, crazy risk. And that casino, because I saw the balance sheets in 1992, a million dollars in, a million dollars out. That's a break even. And guess what? Now there's 18 of those. It's not even a big deal, Shaheen. Everybody's got a billion dollar casino. But in 1988 or 89, that was risky. So what you're telling me is because Jeff Bezos had the customers, Wall Street gave him cheap money. He now had all the dice to roll and and to play ball that none of us had access to. Just like we didn't have access to Michael Milken or Steve Wynn money.
1: Yeah, you're right. And and Brett, where uh, Brett Brett Goldstein is commenting on live, he's saying he's not so smart. His ex is like the richest woman on the woman on the planet now. We'll 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 talk about that. But it doesn't matter to these guys. That absolutely doesn't matter. Okay, so Bezos is now the second richest guy in the world. How much money can you spend? You know, how much money can you have? It, it absolutely. I I bet you it wasn't even a line item to give his wife what she took. He probably wasn't happy about it for whatever reason. But he's got a he's got a new girl now. He's living his best life. It it impacts him zero zero. Now you can you can argue a lot of people would argue that hey, you know, she was with him from before he was this wealthy and she's entitled to it. We're we're not going to
0: get into He's that. He's on the billionaire list. I think she's doing all right. I've got no no yeah. tears for either one of those people.
1: No tears for either one of those people, but I don't think that's a measure of his intelligence. Remember, Bezos came from DH Hutton, one of the the big influential venture capital firms out there. He was not a layman. He was not this like bald, like little nerd, like, (laughs) you know, or whatever his laugh is, Um, you know, just this little nerd with like, oh, I'm going to start, you know, the picture that they're giving you of him. He was a fucking sharp, brilliant dude who understood business, was ruthless, relentless, and was going to go out there. And, and get it no matter what it took. So much so that his boss at D.H. Hutton, when he told him that he was gonna leave, said, what the fuck are you doing? No, I'll, I'll double your pick, please, come come, stay. Whatever you wanna do, do it within our firm. And Bezos had the foresight to say, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go off on my own and take that risk. Remember in Black Swan, Nassim Taleb teaches us that your level of success is equivalent To the amount of risk that you take. The guy that has absolutely total risk could lose everything, go into complete bankruptcy, and lose the shirt off his back has a higher likelihood of success than the guy that comes in, clocks in, clocks out, and is guaranteed the paycheck in general terms. So let's Bart, let's let's get back to reviews. So those were the early days, guys. The early days of Amazon. And and we invite you guys, we are live on Facebook. If you have questions, please join us on Facebook
0: Live and ask your questions. We'd love to hear them. In the early yeah, go ahead, Bart. Let me reframe reviews just for a second. Because early days of is Amazon's one thing but they still have reviews in other places. I have recently added a tag on some of our emails to go do Google map reviews. If you're a local plumber or you're a local uh, technician or painter, those local Google maps are probably more important than Amazon. And all those companies are fighting for your eyeballs, whether it's on your phone or whatever. So whatever service business you're in or product business, those reviews show up and they're probably not on your platform. I literally have hundreds of reviews, Shaheen, on my computer, but they're not necessarily on Amazon, on Google maps or on each website because I don't own all those platforms. I have that's to go right. dig them up, put them in a graphic, put a photograph on them, put them in an email. Like we're talking about 20 years worth of reviews, you need to you need to have them in front of where your customers are. Now that slides into what you are cuz right now that's your main distribution system, or at least your students is is Amazon. But if you do sell directly on Etsy, directly on your website, directly on on Google Maps, they need to be right there and you got to make it easy for them to do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we we talk about this a lot in the course, but by the way, for anybody who is interested in becoming an Amazon seller, reach out to me. Uh, I'll give you guys the URL. It's FBasellercourse.com. That's FBasellercourse.com. Go ahead and sign up. I'll do a free 15-minute consultation with you and happy to give you our one-hour course for free. Just mention the show, Hack and Grow Rich. And we'll give you access to that, to that course for free. It's everything you need from A to Z with reviews, everything that you need to start an Amazon business. So a lot of people have done it and been very successful with that. So please reach out to us. I want to help empower you just as I know Bart does. We both have other careers. I'm busy selling on Amazon. Bart is busy doing all the great stuff that he does, including consulting with some of the wealthiest people in the world, coaching some, some really serious winners out there. And we do this show to be able to impact you guys. And the things we offer you guys, we really hope can help improve your lives. So let's let's move on to what happened next. So we've got a a short amount of time, and I want to wrap up the full picture of of what what happened to reviews. So Amazon got smart to this, and they realized at first they were like, hey, this is all free content, man. This is fucking great. You guys are popular. Every time you leave a review, most people don't think about this. You are creating content and giving. Ownership of it to Amazon or to Google Places or Yelp or whatever for free. You are an employee now with zero pay. You are you are writing something for them, taking a picture, making a video, giving ownership on their platform. Those words in your reviews are searchable by their algorithm and other people searching for those keywords remember that. Oftentimes, people find products on Amazon by the keywords you have left in the reviews that you leave on there. Same for Yelp, Google Places, whatever. So Amazon realized that if trust in their platform got eroded and people got smart to this because, dude, Bart, it was so stupid. These people just, they they stopped thinking because it was so easy for them to leave fake reviews that they started like leaving reviews like, great product, fantastic, good, thank you, awesome. All, and all misspelled, they couldn't be bothered to spell good right. <laughs> I can tell you how many God reviews we saw, but you know they didn't care because all, all it was was like a million reviews populating with these bots. You know, It's like the matrix, just numbers running down a thing. Then Amazon was like, okay, so trust, this is getting crazy. Trust has eroded in our system, let's crack down. So they went in and realized, they, they brought in a couple security companies, security experts, programmers coders and they realized holy shit something's really wrong here and i remember talking to them in the early days they consulted with us on a lot of these different factors and how they could fix it and make it better and they they seemed to listen to a great part but what they were thinking is holy shit like this is a way bigger mess than we thought so how we we need to at least give the appearance of cleaning it up and the only way they could do it was to wipe reviews wholesale Because remember, again, as an Amazon seller, as an Amazon FBA seller, you are not Amazon's priority. Amazon could give a fuck about you. You are not part of their long tail. All Amazon cares about is seller experience, their share value, and them making money in Amazon. Amazon does not care about you as the seller. They care about the customer because they're customer centric, et cetera, et cetera, blah, 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 blah but they don't care about you as the seller. So if they cut you, there'll be 50 others like you. It doesn't affect their bottom line one bit. So now as a seller, you had maybe, let's say you had 50,000 legitimate reviews. You had maybe 10,000 bad reviews. They wiped it all. It was the first great purge of Amazon, the great purge of 2013 or whatever. And sellers were devastated because even if you were doing white hat stuff, which means you weren't doing anything that was against terms of service, they still nailed you. They still took down all of your reviews if it didn't meet their algorithm. And sure, they got rid of a lot of the bad actors and made it a lot harder to get reviews. And by harder, let me just be crystal clear. Guys, if you're listening, when it says harder, that just means more expensive. The cost of getting a review just went up. But they purged. So products, we had products that had 50,000 reviews, 70,000 reviews, all completely wiped away. Now, I know a lot of you guys, this is a topic we should talk about, are looking, there's a few websites out there that show fake reviews and trust review, whatever those things are. Those websites are complete bullshit. Allegedly, I'm just saying this, so none of them contact us. I'm not gonna mention any of them by name, but they're trust review websites the ones that tell you if reviews are real or fake. And here's how you know. Go ahead and put in Amazon's own products in there and see what rating it gives them. Put major products in there from big companies and see what ratings it gives them. Amazon's own products have a big fake review rating on those websites. They are, their algorithms are completely flawed, if at all. I suspect a lot of those companies just have random, th- they're just for show. I think it's just random. If you put in a product, it'll just show you that it's fake and has a low grade or whatever. It's just a random random grade generator because people, you don't know the difference between how many reviews are on there, how many are real, how many are fake. So I think they, they got lazy on those, if you guys know. All right. So how, how do companies get reviews now? And and since Bart, Amazon has done several purges. uh, Brett Goldstein, we're going to get to your question again, and we're going to let you know. You want to know, how do you get people to leave a review if I find people who know what to write sometimes so they don't do anything, even though they like service? Okay, I'm going to explain that to you, uh, Brett, how reviews work. So there's a couple different ways reviews work. There are services that sell reviews. They still do this. And those companies have lists. Internal lists of buyers. Those buyers will buy the product at full price. Those buyers will wait a two week, two and a half week mandatory period. It it should be random, by the way. So if anybody's doing this and we don't espouse this, you can get your Amazon account canceled for doing these. You should only be doing real reviews according to Amazon's terms of service. But if you're doing this, you're incentivizing people to buy your product. They will buy the product. They will wait two weeks, three weeks. Then they will leave a review after they buy it. Then they will have somebody else do this and they will repeat and repeat and repeat. Now, this is expensive because you have to reimburse the person. You have to have an infrastructure for that. So there's companies that do it and you know usually they charge, I don't know, 15 to 20 bucks per person. They'll pay the reviewer five bucks plus the reviewer gets to keep the product for free, which is usually incentive for them and they keep the rest of the money and they will do that. The other way people do it is through Facebook bots, which is they'll put ads up on Facebook and Instagram, uh, just get a free thing, right? Get a free wallet, get a free you know, USB cable, whatever. And people will log on, they'll say, okay, great, are you interested in this product? You'll say, yes, they'll say, fantastic. This is all automated with a bot through the chat system. And they'll say, okay, so buy this link, let me know when you bought it, and then you write, yes, great, send me your order number, great. Let me know when you uh, leave a review, and then we'll reimburse you through PayPal or Venmo or through a gift card. And that's what's been working for the last several years of what people are doing. Now, there are hackers out there that still do fake reviews. The just Bangladesh. To be clear.
0: What you just said is against terms of service. You can't incentivize people to leave reviews, right? So that still could get you banned and kicked off of the major platforms.
1: Oh, yeah. Apple, Amazon. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, if. You, if the if the reviewer discloses that it is an incentivized review, then it technically isn't an illegal act because they're they're disclosing that it's an incentivized review, and that's all the law and the FTC and those you know governmental agencies want to know is that they've just disclosed that hey this is an incentivized review. So there's different ways they could do that without without it being flagged on Amazon. Which if anybody does that, we recommend that they do disclose that hey they do do that. The second way is Amazon has a program called Vine Reviewers, which by the way, for your book, Bart, that's a great way to go. And those are reviewers that are Amazon reviewers and you will give them the product for free and they will leave it and it'll say on their Vine reviewer. Now, the problem with that is a lot of them are like stay-at-home moms, soccer moms, whatever, and stay-at-home dads, whatever you want to call it. And they fancy themselves, Bart, as journalists. So they may not like whatever it is. They may not like whatever it is that you or I are selling. And for whatever reason, they might give us a hard time about it. Alana, nice to see you. We're going to answer your question shortly. So if they do, you might have some negative reviews. So you better make sure before you use the Vine program that your product is tight. That you're, you don't have any defects, any glaring things. Now we're going to talk about this. So in Caldini, we talk about his principles of influence. The main one that we're talking about today is social proof, but it also goes into reciprocity. If they're getting good value and they're getting it for free. Most of the time, people will give you the benefit of the doubt, even if your product is a little wacky. And what they will do is they will leave you a positive review or mostly positive review, right? There's a lot of like four star reviews because, you know, they like to hold one back for that, you know, Hail Mary typo. Damn, you got a
0: typo on page 47. That's right. Four star.
1: That's That's right. That's right. So now, Alana, what you're talking about, Alana is asking, almost every product I've bought recently is made in China, contains a business card with the item offering 10 to 20 gift card for leaving a five-star review. And those are the companies that Amazon has taken down. That is now, doing that is against Amazon Terms of Service, Alana, Putting
0: that little card in the out. So if I send the book out, but I put a little card that says leave a review, they can cancel my publishing account?
1: Correct. You cannot, wow. soli- you cannot solicit a review now what you can do and this is an interesting tactic you guys again i'm not espousing any of this to you guys but what i'm telling you is this is how it should be done is you could have a landing page and you could invite them to a private group offer them a warranty offer we teach this in amazon mastery by the way so brett and alana if you guys want to learn how to do amazon how to sell on amazon please reach out to us we'll share the url with you shortly And reach out to us and we'll share that one hour course with you for free that teaches you how to do most of this stuff. But, you know, the way to do it is to put a, put a card in there and invite them to register their warranty, invite them to get something for free. You're not talking about reviews. You're just saying, here's a card, get something for free.
0: You're just building your community in another location. Later, then you may ask for your moves, then you may ask them to buy something else, then you may ask them to come to a live webinar, who knows? But you're pulling those people off of their ecosystem, (laughs) which for me is a direct response guy, which means I was way before the internet, I was working and emailing my own, not emailing, literally snail mailing my own customers that heard me on the radio. I had a direct relationship with them. There was no Bezos in between us. If I wanted to tell them I'm coming to California for a seminar, I'd send them a letter or call them on the phone And I had my own group. And over time, now Zuckerberg has my list and Bezos has my list, and my list has gotten smaller. So frustrating.
1: (laughs) Bart, that can be the name of your new uh, sitcom, Bezos in Between Us.
0: I kind of like that. (laughs) This sounds Um, like a rated R one. I don't think that's as perfect.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So. The third way is there are websites out there that are incentivized websites, and they don't ask for reviews specifically, but they offer you the product at a discount. So there's a couple out there. There's one called Jumpsend. There's one called Uberzone. There's There's a bunch on there. And then there's Facebook groups where they're giving away products at a discount. People are like, hey, is this a scam? There are scams out there, but generally it's not a scam. Generally, it's working on the principle of reciprocity. They feel that if they give you the product for a steep discount, that you will buy it, they will reimburse you. And then you will likely think, dude, I just got this portable refrigerator for 20 bucks. It's a $100 item. And look at this amazing deal I got. Not only am I gonna tell my friends, I'm gonna leave a great review because I feel obligated. So I'll tell you a funny story. I invented mostly what modern herbal cigarettes are. There were a couple brands out before us, but what the standard is for Hollywood studios, what people smoke on the set is something that we invent. It was ecstasy cigarettes. Back in the day, we did another one called American Indian. It was a big deal. We sold millions of dollars worth of that stuff. And I remember coming out with my new brand and we went to a trade show. And I thought, all right, so this is a weed trade show before weed was legalized in California. And I thought this is going to be a golden opportunity. These people don't smoke tobacco. They smoke herb, right? Weed is an herb. They'll freaking love us. This is going to be amazing. So we go to this show and people are coming up to the booth and they're like, does it have weed in it? We're like, no, weed isn't legal. It's just an herbal cigarette. Well, what's the point? Does it get you high? No, but it doesn't have all the, you know, nasty stuff that's in regular cigarettes and, you know, it might be a nice alternative. And they would just walk and walk away. It was almost <laughs> like they were interested in one thing, you know? So we did that for a day and I was like, all right, this is a losing proposition. We're not getting any interest in what we're selling. Not only that we're getting negative interest. I think a few people threw some curse words at us, right? They were so religious about, about weed. there was like a little religion. So I was like, all right, so here's what we're going to do. I, um, uh, had my wife, I said, Hey, you know, honey, go, go to the car. And I think my buddy was with her. And I was like, Hey, you guys go to the car grab all the boxes. And I had some uh, free DVDs and, and t-shirts, not free DVDs, but DVDs and t-shirts. I had a film production company, nothing to do with the cigarettes. And I said, bring them. They went, what do you want us to bring those? That's for another trade show. I say, it's okay. Just bring everything. So they brought the boxes of this stuff. And the next person that walked up to the booth, I said, Hey, you want a free t-shirt? Didn't talk about the product at all. The person came and gave him the t-shirt, talked to him a little bit, built rapport, smiled. And then I gave them a dvd i said hey here's a movie it's you know it's 20 bucks back then it was you know pre netflix and and all that stuff so it was like here's a dvd here's a cool movie for you to watch they were like wow you just gave me a shirt and a thing they're like what do you do and i said oh it's you know not so important what we do i just want to give that to you and they'd be like no no tell us this is fascinating and i'd be like well you know we make these herbal cigarettes and they're they have less smoke tar and carbon monoxide and they're made with herbs on an american indian reservation whatever and they, The guy was like, I should buy it. Let me buy how much. And then the next guy, the same thing. And the next guy, the same thing. We sold out that show bar. That that turned out to be an amazing show for us. All of a sudden, the weed people loved us. Why? It's because of the concept of reciprocity. When you give something to somebody, they feel obligated. We are obligated. We are hardwired as humans. It's part of our survival To give back. It's just how we've we've evolved to survive. Or something goes goes on in our little head. A little light shines on that goes, oh my God, somebody gave me something. I now have to give back. And it's that principle that makes people leave you a review when you give them the product at a discount.
0: Do you think the homeless guys on Santa Monica Boulevard are listening to this right now? Because they take that squeegee and they clean my window and I have to give them money because I feel guilty. So I'm giving money to get rid of my guilt. Is that reciprocity or is that just really good, good savvy marketing? Oh, Bart, it's
1: always fucking dirtier than when they do it. I just don't let them touch my car, <laughs> man. It's always dirtier. They have that dirty water that they got from the from the tub at the mobile station and they're trying to, yeah, it's always dirtier. It's, but, and but that's it's, why it's,
0: that works sometimes is, is they give you something. You didn't ask for them and you're like, oh, I got to give it back whatever.
1: Yeah, it's partially and partially guilt. I think guilt isn't part of reciprocity. <laughs> I think those guys probably build something on guilt and it's interesting. So like Ilana was saying, That um, what we were talking about is that, you know, people are, are putting out these promotions. And I got a promotion the other day, pretty interesting in the mail, and it was a handwritten letter. And so I'm like, let me open it. Cause I don't, you know, if somebody writes you a handwritten letter, you're gonna open it. And by the way, as an Amazon seller, Amazon in the early days used to give us the emails, the phone numbers, the address, everything of the customers. And then they, they realized, holy shit, we don't care about our sellers. You don't need to, this isn't your customer. This is our customer. We're just going to give you the information if you're shipping to them. And if you're not shipping to them, we're not going to give you any information. You don't need their phone number. You don't need their email. We're not giving you anything anymore. So Amazon doesn't really give you any of that information. anymore. there's a way to get it. We teach it in our course. But you're not supposed to contact that Amazon customer also outside of terms of service. But what savvy marketers are doing now, which is another way to get reviews to Alana's point, is that they're sending out physical postcards. They're sending out physical letters. So I get this letter from this dude. It's got an actual stamp on it, not an indicia, and it's handwritten. So I open it up, and it's fake handwritten on the inside. Obviously, dude didn't write all the letters. And it's this total sob story. He was winning. I opened a fucking letter. I never opened letters. I was like, dude, you nailed it. I, you were winning he's like, dear Mr. Shan, thank you so much. I want to just let you know about my company. Still good. Uh, You know, I'm a small family owned business. We're really trying to survive. And then he goes into the sob story. I mean, I think it was everything short of the fucking dude's dog dying. He was like, and my dog will die and three angels will lose wings. And, you know, two kids will lose their arms if you don't leave me a fucking review. And and I was like, oh, what's that?
0: All that for a review, not sending money to his yeah. village.
1: All that. No, he just wanted a review. Oh, <sighs> reviews are this is what I'm telling you, Bar. It's less than one percent. It's hard. If it's less than one percent, will organically leave reviews. It's hard. It's hard, it's it's hard to get these reviews. They're like gold now. And Amazon has cracked down and tightened and tightened and purged and purged. And we have accounts where we did nothing. Not white hat, not black hat, not blue hat. We've done nothing. Where they've just gone in and wiped the reviews because something in their algorithm hit that hey, those reviews might not be legit. And it's 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 devastating as a seller because the again, nobody believes what you say. You gotta remember that as a seller. So yeah, so this guy lost it because he went for guilt. And then that was just like, uh, you know, you can see through that. If he would have sent that letter with a just, hey man, thanks for trying our product, we make the best. Freaking, you know, ice things ever in the world, and if you buy that, uh, you know, if if you liked it, you know, leave us a review. We appreciate it. We're a small family-owned business, and we want to get better. Fantastic, fan, fucking, fantastic. I would have, I would have left him a review. I would have thought it would be a great thing, but when you leave those sob stories, you question people's intelligence, and that's highly problematic. Uh, Brett wants to know are there companies that sell sob stories? Brett, I'm not sure what you mean. Um, but there are still companies that sell reviews or well, um, they
0: sell structures to get reviews illegally. Right. Again, right. Again, I think our, our our advice is to not use those yeah. because you could lose your license to sell on those platforms for sure.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah, it, it, you know, there's the ways that we talked about sending a letter, creating a community yourself creating raving fans, all that stuff I think is great. but creating um, get, but just buying fake reviews is what the Chinese companies do and why they got shut down. Amazon closed down companies that were earning hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue for them and for themselves, you know selling very common things like USB drives and banks uh, power banks and those kinds of things because those companies were doing this like egregious, Fake review purchasing where you look at it, you're like, holy shit, they've got 40,000 reviews on a USB, um, you know, power bank or something. And Amazon just wipe them and cut cut them off. They don't care. So a lot of times what the Chinese will do, the Chinese companies, I should say, by the way, anybody who is actually Chinese, I'm I'm, I'm referring to Chinese sellers, mostly using gray hat tactics. So please don't don't Not take our
0: a- dear Chinese American friends listening, right?
1: No, of course not. I, Dude, there's I,
0: something you say every episode that's going to get us canceled. I'm telling you, I try and keep them on a leash, but <laughs> damn you. Yeah, well, I'm. I'm. <laughs> I. I yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, obviously, that's not what I mean. What I'm referring to is Chinese companies, Russian companies that use, especially Amazon sellers. So the Chinese Amazon sellers. What they do is they have multiple seller accounts. So you can buy Amazon seller accounts, which are a commodity now for under five grand, five or ten grand. So they'll buy ten of them. And what they'll do is they'll run thousand fake reviews, they'll do rank ranking hacks, they'll run bots, they'll do whatever. They'll make half a million bucks, and then Amazon closes out the account. They've pulled the money out already, and they're on to the next company that they do. And this kind of like, uh, you know, uh, uh, quick burn companies is what we call them because they just burn quickly, they move a lot of inventory, then they move on to the next company. And it's really not a, a sustainable tactic, but it kind of goes with this like doggy dog kind of philosophy
0: that is, you know, really predominant in a lot of these places. Well, they're also selling commodities which are kind of interchangeable in the consumer mind not necessarily a matcha tea or a book that i wrote or something that you know or handmade candles from your grandmother they're selling these massive items that they're, they're importing by the hundreds of thousands which the average consumer knows no difference correct
1: yeah and i'll tell you something else guys so th- this is really interesting because this really has has turned into a uh, More of a conversation about black hat tactics on Amazon, but we can talk about this.
0: That's probably a better search engine than white hat anyway. So as you know, people are going to look up this episode. That's why they talk about black hat tactics, but we're not recommending them. For the record, we're totally against it. Yeah, tell me more. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right.
1: Yeah, for anybody who wants to, you know, just schedule a, a call with me. I'm happy to share with you guys all the all the secrets of this stuff. I've got no loyalties to black hat tactics or anything like that and
0: you know but you do have a dozens of personal brands you've got dozens of customers that are building amazon so you have a strong incentive to be white hat because you want them to stay in business and amazon's the king so you want them to maintain their business there really is an incentive for white hat because it keeps your business going
1: yeah i'll tell you bart you know none of the products that i sell that have been uber successful, none of the Amazon companies that I have that are uber successful have been that way from doing these little tactics. It's short-term thinking. And when you want to talk about creating generational wealth, creating legacy, creating companies that are worth millions of dollars, we've got companies now that are being sought after by all the big Amazon aggregators. We're talking to companies that have raised billions of dollars from Wall Street looking to buy these companies. They're looking for something totally different than, you know, companies that's a crash and burn. So you don't want to be a crash and burn company. You want to be a company that builds over time. And it's kind of what you teach, Bart, is getting rich slowly. How do you get rich slowly? How do you get rich and stay happy? And that's really what we teach. So I think, um, you know, guys, if there anybody has any other questions, we're happy to answer them. Just go ahead and type them into the Facebook Live Make sure to like and subscribe the Hack and Grow Rich channel on YouTube. We will share that link. Um, Bart, if I want to learn more from you how to be rich and happy or about one of your life design programs, how do I find you?
0: Yeah, I, I think that most people, unless they're just learning here, they, they think I'm a handwriting expert, which is one of my claims to fame, and it helped me get on TV, but I have been most passionate about the life design sort of structure. Uh, there's a website we recently launched called Prism Life Design, P-R-S-M, Prism Life Design, and uh, we're actually starting these programs where we're teaching people these these sort of NLP breakthrough, where people change their habits and belief systems. Um, the book comes with it for free. You can always download the book Get get Bartsbook.com, but but I give these away, Shaheen, because I don't really need the money. In fact, even these programs we're doing, me and my sister were discussing it. This has been like the happiest few years of our life. She's got a new kid, she's got a new husband. Like We really want to give back. And there's been no opportunity, for people to have community in person, no life seminars for years. Like there's been a lack of the ability to have these breakthrough moments. And so, yeah, we, we are doing something special recently that I haven't been always doing. And so if you want to go learn more, go to prismlifedesign.com or the uh, getbartsbook.com and, and jump on the email list and download one of the books. Um, and I, before we go, I, and I wanted to mention your Amazon course too, but I just wanted to reframe a little bit. Of the Robert Cialdini's principle of Persuasion. We may have to revisit that because we always come back when we're talking about sales to some of the principles from some of the greats. And Robert Cialdini talks so much about social proof, but also five other things, which I think we should get to in another episode. Um, before we do that, you have... Amazon Mastery, and I always forget the URL, so you're going to have to remind me because it's not mastery.com. Obviously, that's taken by somebody else. How would they get a hold of your free course and then maybe your paid course if they're interested?
1: Yeah, guys. So if you want, actually, you got to do the one-hour crash course. It's actually 200 bucks, but if you sign up here and mention Hack and Grow Rich, you get it for free. That's $0, no obligation. Go to www. FBA Sellercourse.com or go to ShaheenShan.com and contact us through there. You can go to Amazon course and we're happy to do that. Make sure to like and subscribe. If you felt like we gave you any value in this video, make sure to check out our other videos and great content that we're putting out on Hack and Grow Rich. Bart and I do this every week and we are delighted. Um, Bart, give us the website on how we can get your book, and I will put it
0: into the Facebook Live. Sure. So, uh, get Bart's book (plural). Getbartsbook.com. That kind of takes you right into a landing page on one of my best-selling books called *The Magic Question*. By the way, on that book, we had over a hundred reviews in the first three days, Shaheen, when we launched that, and it has sustained and made royalties every month for almost six years, just because of the fact I spent an extraordinary amount of time asking for reviews and creating a strategy to do that, which is what we're talking about, social proof. And because there's another book of the same name called The Magic Question, that has like four reviews. And okay. so, you know, whether it's a major publisher or not, the one with 140 reviews always wins. And if you're interested in the life design, P-R-I-S-M, prism, com. Um, that is where we're having the live interactive training. And there's a coupon for $200 off. If you say you're in the Hack and Go Rich uh, podcast, it's 200 OFF. And that's about $500 program. You can have it for $300. And uh, if that doesn't give you some breakthroughs in your financial future, I don't know what will. It's it's one of my favorite programs. Um, about 25 years ago, Shaheen, I was sitting with one of the best NLP practitioners in the world named Tad James. And he did this thing about values and elicited it. And he said, Bart, If you're at number five, that's why you're broke right now. And I was like 24 years old and I just published a book and I was like, holy shit, how does he know I'm broke? (laughs) Because he'd isolated something really important and I now had to make a change to reprioritize my life about what's important. And that's when I started making money instead of just getting validation.
1: Mm, And that's a great way to leave it. So thank you guys for joining us on Hack and Grow Rich. Let us know in the comments below who you would like to see on the show. We are going to get some great people. We'll be talking to Robert Caldini's people and to see if we can get him on the show. I'd like to get Paul Ekman on. I know, Bart, you are thinking possibly getting Jack Canfield on and some of our other friends, Chris Voss, the FBI negotiator, Nolan Bushnell, the founder of Atari, Let's get some great people on the show. Let us know who you would like to see on. And if you thought this was great, please share it with somebody who you think this can bring value to. we got a lot of great content.
0: And and hit the subscribe button. I think that's the most important gift you can give us. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube as well as the the podcast you're listening to right now.
1: Yeah, and if we've offended you, just unlike us. That'd be great. (laughs) All right. Highly likely. (laughs) (laughs) Have a great week, and we'll see you guys next week.